Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. But now we're going to go into the Word, and we're going to talk about a new series. So I'm going to open up in prayer. Father, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to speak your Word I know, God, that I'm not worthy, and I know, God, that I do not deserve this, and I just thank you, and I give you all the honor and all the glory, and your word is good. So I pray I would do it justice. I pray I would speak your word clearly. In Jesus, I pray you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're doing a new series called Gifts. Gifts. So the next couple weeks for this month, it's called Gifts, and it's Don't Waste Them. Now, I want to be really upfront. I believe that God is good all of the time, even though sometimes life sucks. Those two things can be equally true. God can be really good and give us lots of gifts, and sometimes life can kick you in the crotch. All right, I just got to put it that way because that's kind of how my life has been. God has been blessing, and sometimes life is tough. I'm not trying to whine and complain, but I'll just give you an example of the kind of life that we live. We had a great Thanksgiving. My wife is nuts. She's in school right now. She takes care of five children, gets them to school and back, and and is in school herself, has to put up with me and my broken back. And she says, let's do Thanksgiving at our house. So we did that. We had people over, my parents, my sister, a friend of my dad, some guy he met at a campground. He shows up to the house, and so it was a great time. We had a, we had a good Thanksgiving. Friday morning, I wake up feeling like death. Have you ever felt like death? I had some kind of stomach bug where I slept all Friday. Like, it wasn't the food. It was some kind of virus or something where I just woke up, and, like, I'd be in mid-conversation, boom, right back to sleep. Slept all day Friday, all night Friday, woke up Saturday, kind of felt good. You know, when you come back from death, you feel resurrected. You're like, okay, it's gone. I feel kind of normal. All this time, my back is still having issues. I had gone down to Florida. Um, We were supposed to come to a birthday party, but since we didn't want to share the stomach bug, we said, let's not share the stomach bug. Our kids are really good at sharing those things. So we made sure it stood in the house. None of them were sick yesterday at the end of the day, and so... At the end of the day, we say, kids have been in the house for two days, and there's seven of us in the house for two days, and trust me, it's a party, okay? And so they're all in there, and they're like, let's go do something, Daddy. So we say, let's go to the mall, and we were going to try to just get out of the house for like, like 15 minutes or whatever, you know? So we drive to the mall, and we get our yearly ornament. Well, somebody did something awesome at the mall. They decided that they were going to start... Um, shooting off balloons and exploding balloons inside the mall, which meant that about a 1,000 people thought they were gunshots. So we are literally walking up to Santa, because Chloe, our baby, has never seen Santa, and this was a good Santa. It was a fat white man with a big real beard. I mean, it was a good Santa. And so we brought Chloe, and I'm not big Santa people, but if you're going to see a Santa, you might as well see this one. So we brought our daughter up to Santa, and right as we're bringing the daughter, the crowd of about a 1,000 people start to run out of the mall. I had just stopped at some little kiosk and got a heat pack for my back because I'm walking around the mall like this, like I'm hating every minute of it. As soon as I see a 1,000 people running, I grab both boys, and adrenaline is a beautiful thing. Amen? My back instantly didn't hurt anymore. 
I'm leaping over stuff. I'm running underneath barricades. I'm dragging my kids, two boys, their arms are like this. I'm pulling them out. Old people are falling. Their purses are splattered. Their phones are where we're jumping over people. The crowd is running. I'm looking for my daughters. One of them grabbed the baby. We run into the parking lot. Our hearts are beating. Where's mommy? Where's mommy? Where's mommy? She'll be all right. Just keep moving. We run to the end of the parking lot. We get there, and my wife comes just walking out with the stroller. I'm like, what is your problem? Hearts are beating. Adrenaline was there. So even trying to do a normal thing and trying to get out of the house and just have one decent part of the day because we had been sick, life can be tough. And I know some people in here, you're, you have real problems. That wasn't a real problem. Thank God it wasn't real gunshots. That was a real stampede. Real people got hurt. That lady got trampled. I feel bad that I stopped, didn't stop to help her, but, I mean, I was supermaning it out of there with two boys in my arms, and I was, it was like every man for himself. It wasn't women and children first at that point. It was get my boys out. So forgive me. You know where my heart is. I, I was keeping my boys safe. But God still gives us gifts. And so we're going to talk about them over the next couple of weeks, and I don't want to paint the picture that life is all roses and rainbows, but God does give us some good things. And we need to realize that the good things that God gives us are not to be wasted. And so we're going to talk about two of them today. And if you want to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 24 through 27, this is a story of Jesus after the resurrection. Jesus has resurrected. He has come back to life from the dead. He was dead, and now he is alive. The greatest miracle of all time has happened. And there were some people who went to the tomb, and they saw the tomb empty, and they didn't really understand what was going on. They didn't know where his body was. They didn't get it. They didn't know. All they knew, it says the tomb was empty. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb, and they found it just as the woman had said. But they did not see him. But him they did not see. And he said to them, this is Jesus talking, Oh, you foolish ones. Do you know Jesus will call you foolish sometimes? Call you, you little dummy. All right? You're, we're all little dummies sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Own it. Oh, you foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe. You know, we can all be slow to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? See, there's always suffering tied to glory. It's always that way. The greater the suffering, the greater the glory. But verse 27 is what I want to point out. And beginning with Moses, those are the first five books of the Old Testament, and all the prophets, he interpreted them, all things in the scriptures concerning himself. One of the gifts that God has given us is the Scripture. And the first point I want you to know is that the Scripture speaks about Jesus. As Jesus walked with those men, he opened it up and he showed them that from the beginning, God's plan was that Christ would come and live a perfect life, die sinless on the cross for the sins of all men, and rise again so that we could rise again. And Scripture speaks about Jesus. And I want to know something. I want you to fall in love with Jesus. I don't want you to worship the Bible. Now, hear what I'm saying. I love the Bible. I believe in the Bible. I'm pointing to a computer, but trust me, there's multiple Bibles on here. 
It even has a leather case for you. I want you to see that. All right. So I believe in the Bible, and the Bible is important. But the Bible is to point us to Jesus Christ. It is there. That's why we don't have an original copy of the Bible. We don't. We have copies of copies. But if we did, do you know how crazy people would be about it? If there was some old piece of parchment somewhere that never decayed, people would be like bowing down and worshiping this weird piece of paper. But it's not the paper, it's who the paper, it's who the words are talking about. And all scripture speaks about Jesus. And you have access to it in this country in multiple translations, some that are very easy to understand. So that's a gift from God. Don't waste it. The next scripture is in John chapter 5, verses 38 through 40. Jesus is speaking, and I just want to prove the point. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you will have eternal life. They knew the scripture backwards and forward, but they missed the point because Jesus says, it is they that bear witness about me. See, the point of the scriptures is not for you just to, to memorize all the different words, but it's for you to open them up and to come to them and to read them and to have witness bear about Jesus, that you see him and you understand him. And verse 40 says, but you refuse to come to me so that you may have life. See, the scripture points to Jesus. When you open the scriptures and you read them, and, I, and I'm not a person that really liked to read before I became a believer, but I can remember the first time I opened a Bible and I read the scripture and, and it came alive. I was on the phone. It was back before cell phones. It was the house phone. You ever, anybody have a house phone before? I've never had one in my whole life, all right, as an adult. But as a child, I had a house phone. My parents did. And I was talking to one of my two girlfriends. They didn't know I had two girlfriends, but I did, and it worked out pretty well. And I just got saved, so God was still working out a few things. And neither of them were my wife, praise God. So I was talking to one of my two girlfriends, and back in the day, there was no texting, and there was none of that stuff. So you would talk, and then somebody would say, hey, I got to go do something. So you'd, like, you'd stay on the phone. I don't know if you guys remember doing this, but you'd, you'd stay on the phone, and they'd go, like, go help their mom or go, go help their brother and then come back, and you'd watch TV and talk and this and that. And, and so she went to go do something, and I stood on the phone, and I had this blue thin Bible that somebody had given me when I was little, and she left, and there was nothing good on TV, and so I turned the Bible, and I started to read, and it became alive. I, I, it just, the words were jumping off the page, and they were, I was seeing Christ for who he was, and I was understanding him, and, and then she came back, and I was like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, and I just kept reading. And then I remembered, because I was a brand new Christian, I can still remember this day, I was like, you got to hear this. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm reading the Bible. She's like, you're reading what? Because she knew I, she had known me before I was a believer. And she was out there. She was like into witchcraft and all kinds of stuff. And I was reading the Gospel of John. And I read her like three chapters of the Gospel of John. And I just sat there, and I was like, this is amazing. 
And she started crying, and I was like, this is so good. And he's like, he's the way, he's the truth, and how the Spirit comes to us, and he's our helper, and, and all these scriptures that I still remember today. They came alive, and Jesus became real, because that's what the scripture does. But it does no good if you don't read it. You have to read it. You have to let it speak to you. You have to let it point you to Christ. Eventually, she was done with me. We, we were not together anymore, obviously. But me and Jesus still are. But they point us to Jesus. It's a gift. Don't waste it. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof. That's for putting yourself in check for correction, in case you didn't get it the first time, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Do you know that God wants you to make a difference? That God has good works prepared for you? Like, not prepared. I'm doing my work. I'm doing what God called me to do. I can't do what God has called you to do, Matt. God has a work. You need to get prepared. Prepare yourself. Get into the word. Let the word transform you so that you can do the work that God has called you to do. I can't do. You, you have a work that's special, that's unique. Get into the Bible. Get into the scripture. Let it point you to Jesus. Let it speak about Jesus. And let it begin to teach you some things to correct you. Do you not need correction? Man, I, sometimes I read the word and I'm like, man, I'm not living right. And I'm a pastor. But the word corrects you. It reproves you. It trains you so that you can be complete. See, the word of God, that's the next point, is the word of God or the scriptures equip us for the work of Jesus. See, the best thing I think that ever happened to me was that I got saved, and I got so radically saved that nobody wanted to have anything to do with me. All my friends who used to do drugs with me and hang out with me and go break stuff, they were like, we don't want to have anything to do with this guy. And so I spent a whole summer just reading the Bible over and over and over and over again. And I used to hate reading. Movies, good. Reading, not so good. But there's something about this book. There's something about the words. And it equipped me. And it changed me. And I want you to do what God has called you to do. You've got the scripture. That's a gift. Don't waste it. It's really easy to, to, to blow past it. I speak as a man who has a busy life, a full-time job, and a, a wife, and, and five kids, and, and a hurt back. It's really easy to, to, to not have time for the Scripture. And me and my family, we, we have to check ourselves. Do you know that we read every night together as a family? And it's kind of a routine, and so we have to mix it up. Like sometimes I'll purposely read a Bible story wrong, 
just so the kids will catch me and be like, "Uh uh-uh, dad, that's not what happened. And I'm like, you're right. And now we've taken a whole passage out of Colossians, and we're memorizing it as a family. Because I want my kids to know the word. But that's not easy. You come home after work, you work with people that drain you in situations that wear you out. But when you open the book and you read it and you let Jesus speak, it'll change your life. It'll change your heart. So don't waste it. See, because I believe the reason I'm talking about this now is that I believe God has a big year for us next year. So don't start next year. Take this month and get ready for what God wants to do next year. Get into your word. Let God prepare you. Let God point you to Jesus. Let your relationship with him grow so that you can make a difference next year. The next thing we're going to talk about is prayer. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. And this is a gift. I think the, app, the fact that we can pray is amazing. This is Jesus talking about prayer. First he says, but when you pray, but when you pray, let's stop there. When you pray, not optionable. Prayer is really not an option. It's something you should be doing. God admit, we probably don't do it enough. But it says, but when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do you know that God sees and hears your prayers? That's the first point. Your Father sees and hears every prayer. But do you believe that? Do you believe that the creator of heaven and earth has made a way for you to come to him and that he would listen? Now, you might say, well, I've prayed before and things haven't changed. That's not uncommon. That's why Jesus said, keep praying, keep asking, keep knocking. But God sees and hears every single one of them. I want to go to another scripture. It's out of the book of James, chapter 5, verses 16. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. This is why you need a church family. That first part of that right there is you need a a church family or you can't do that first part. If you don't have a place that you belong to that you can confess your sins to each other, And know in confidence that they're not going to go and gossip about all the stuff you got wrong. That you can come to me or I can come to you and share whatever I got going on and say, Ken, here's the deal. Here's what I'm struggling with. Can you just pray for me? And I can know that Ken will only talk to God about that. He might encourage me, but then after that, his mouth stays shut. That's a church family. You can't do that if you don't have one. And then why do we need that? It says, so that you might be healed. Do you want to be healed? Then you got to have the first part and the second part. The confession and the prayer. The confession part 
is really hard because nobody likes to show their ugly spots. That's why when people take pictures, everybody has that pose. And that really hurt my back right there, so I can't do that. But you turn the arm, you move the shoulder, and all of a sudden you've lost 30 pounds. I'm like, that's amazing. How did you all learn that? We don't like to share our ugly parts. And we wonder why we're not healed. And then the second thing is, if somebody does come and they do share what's going on, how many of you have the strength to say, well, let's pray about that? Because I believe God is big enough to fix that. And I'm not going to talk to anybody else about this, but you and God. And I'm going to pray for you now. And can I check up on you in a couple weeks and see how you're doing? And that you might be healed. It's what the scripture says. And then it says, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. See, I'm righteous, not because of myself, but because Christ has given me his righteousness. He took my sin on the cross. And if you believe in Jesus, it's the great exchange. He took my sin on the cross, and he paid for my sin. Every bad thing I've ever done was on him. And for no reason of my own, he gave me his righteousness. He made me right before God. He made me a child of God, and he can do the same for you. And so when I come before God, I don't come as Chris, the drug addict and the sinner and the prideful, boastful, egotistical jerk. I come before him as a righteous son of God, clothed in Christ's righteousness, and my prayers have great power. Now, the next point that I want to get to, prayer is a gift, don't waste it, but prayer brings healing and power. Prayer brings healing and power. But then he goes on, and we're going to read the next verse, because some of you might say, well, I've prayed for things, and I haven't seen it happen. Yeah, me too. My back still kind of hurts. I just moved my elbow the wrong way and was like, ow. Doesn't mean I don't believe the scripture. Let's read on and read who he talks about. This is verse 17. Remember, we read 16. Now we're going to read 17, which would be the next one. It says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Meaning Elijah, in case you don't know Old Testament background, one of the most amazing Old Testament prophets. He didn't write a book like Hosea or Amos or Isaiah or Jeremiah. But he did a lot of cool stuff. He did a lot of cool things. Really amazing prophet. But he was a man just like us. But he was empowered by God, just like we can be. And it says, And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. That was one of the miracles that this man did. Verse 18, Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. You read it here, and it sounds like Elijah was just walking around. He said, hey, don't rain, and it stopped raining. And then when he was done, after three years and six months, he was like, rain, 
and it started raining again. But go read the story. It didn't happen that way. When Elijah went to pray one time, the man walked 40 days to get alone on a mountain with the Lord. That's prayer. The man walked for 40 days. We pray for four minutes and things don't happen. And we're like, eh, looks like I'm done. 40 days. Now, I'm not challenging you to go walk 40 days off into some mountain, although some of you I know would like to do that. But that, that's the, when it says he prayed fervently, that's the kind of prayer life he had. And this next part, it says he prayed again and the heaven gave rain. If you read that story, that story is amazing because it says, the Lord told Elijah, Elijah, it's going to rain. Go pray for it. So Elijah bows down and he prays. And it was probably with something like, God, make it rain. He looks up. He sends his servant. He's like, hey, go check and see if any clouds are there. God comes back, nope. Elijah, prophet of God, praying that didn't work. He bows down a second time. God had already told him it was going to rain. God had already given him the promise. He already prayed once, and it didn't happen. Bows down again a second time. Says, God, make it rain. Looks, no clouds. Sends a servant. Go check over the mountain. Go see if there's some clouds. Nope, just sunshine. Elijah prophet of God, heard the word of the Lord that it was going to rain, obeyed God, and he's prayed twice and still not a cloud in sight. So he bows down again a third time, and he prays. Boy looks up, doesn't see anything, sends his servant. Servant says, there's a tiny little cloud way over there. Elijah says, all right, we're done, let's go. Rain comes in, starts to pour over the land. How many of us pray more than once? More than twice? More than three times? Do you know that God gave him a word and said it was going to rain, and he still had to pray three times for it to rain? Don't give up. God can give you a word. And you can pray, and you're saying, God, you spoke this to me. I believe this is in your word. And you can pray, and sometimes nothing happens. At that point, pray again. And if it doesn't happen, pray again. Example, my mom, when I was crazy, off doing my thing as an atheist, she would pray for me like crazy. I would like chuckle. But she said, no, God gave me a word. God told me that he would save my family. So I'm going to believe God for you, Chris. And she would pray. And I would go off and act crazy. And she would pray. She never gave up. And the, point I wanna, the last point I want to say here is, is regular people 
can pray ridiculously powerful prayers. And I want to put that in you because your prayers are powerful. Start praying for what you believe God has for you for next year. We talked about being equipped for the work that God wants you to do, Matt. Well, get in your scripture and become equipped. And then pray for those opportunities. Say, God, open those doors. Open those doors. Show me who you want me to reach. Show me who you want me to minister. Do you know before we moved here, we took years of praying for you. We hadn't met any of you. And we're like, God, show us the right place and bring the right people. And it took years before we even moved to this state of praying. And we're reaping the results of those prayers now. But we're not done. This isn't it. But if we're going to get there, we got to pray more. In January, we're going to have 21 days of prayer. Well, we're going to ask you, challenge you to come in the morning for an hour for 21 days and pray. It sounds horrible. If you're like me and don't like getting up that early anymore. I mean, I'm just not a, I like to sleep in the morning. Sleeping is easy. At night, it's hard. Anybody else with me on that? That's right. So, but we get up and we're going to come together and we're going to pray. I'm going to challenge you to come. Because I believe prayer works. And there's going to be a million excuses why you can't be there. I got a million too. But I believe that prayer is so powerful, I don't want to let it go. Um, One last story I want to share, and it it kind of goes to how Elijah had to pray multiple times. And um, there was a time I had a pain in my shoulder. And I had played football and lacrosse, and this shoulder always hurt. It doesn't hurt anymore. I I believe God touched it and God healed it. But this is how that happened. Um, I went to a church service. I got invited, and they talked about um, this. Prayers work. That was the message. And then the pastor tricked me, made me really mad. The pastor that came, he was this guy, apparently people knew about him. I had no idea who he was, but he said, does anybody here have any physical pain in their body? And me, because I had read the Bible and I, like, was forced to be honest, I was like, ah, crap. Had no intention of getting prayer at this point in my life, but that was the truth. I did have pain in the body. And then he said, all right, well, if you raised your hand, could you come up here? And so me and a few other people come up to the front, and I don't want prayer. I'm good. I'm ready to go home. You ever been that way in church? It's like, no, it is late, and I'm tired, and I want to leave. But I'm up there at the front, and then, like, the pastor guy, the special speaker, he didn't even pray for me. It was this other guy that I knew, and I kind of even didn't like him that much. Like, I liked him in the Lord, but, like, you know, we grew to become really good friends. But at this point, it was kind of like, you're a little bit weird, man. And so he comes to pray for me. And I'm like, I didn't even get the real guy to pray for me. And so he starts praying for me. And he's like, God, please heal his shoulder. I hope his shoulder would get better. In Jesus' name, heal his shoulder. And he, like, looks at me, and he's like, does it feel better? And I don't lie, especially in church. That's dangerous. And people, have, you know, that's bad. So I was like, no. So he says, well, I'm going to pray again. And I was like, crap. 
And so he prays again. He's like, help heal God, heal his shoulder, this and that and the other. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Would you just stop? And then he's asked me a second time, does it feel better? And I'm really wanting to lie. And I say, no. And so he goes and he prays a third time. And I'm angry. I'm like, this is so dumb, man. You prayed twice. It didn't work. Let me go home. Give me the, hey, I'll pray for you. I'll keep praying. Believe God for you and send me on my way. And he keeps praying for me. And I'm like, this is so dumb. It is embarrassing. It's hot in here. It's late. And like at this point, I'm counting lights. I'm like, wow, this is an interesting building. And then he's praying. And it's like a long prayer. It wasn't like, it was, it was, I mean, it was probably like four minutes, but that was a long four minutes. Amen. And so he says, and, and he's praying. And all of a sudden, I hear in his voice, and the way he was praying, it's like, man, this guy really just wants my shoulder to be better. I could hear like he was praying with sincerity and with love. And it was like the voice of God spoke and said, if he wants your shoulder to be better, how much more do I want your shoulder to be better? And instantly something popped and it stopped hurting and it hasn't hurt since. It's amazing. God is good. Now, still got my back. Please don't lock me down and not let me leave today unless I get healed. All right, well, that'd be tough. Please, oh God, what did I do? I'm going to leave out that door. But the point is, we're going to, I'll still believe in praying, and I'll still believe that God can heal, and I still believe that it's okay. And if it doesn't happen the first time, I don't give up, and I keep praying, and I want to encourage you to do the same. And right now, we're going to close, and I want to just put a challenge. If you have a loved one who is far from the Lord, We need to pray about that. If you have someone in your family that is far from God, we need to pray about that and pray they come to the Lord. If you have a financial situation where you need a new job or you need need some kind of financial thing to happen, we need to pray about that. If you have a problem in your relationship, we need to pray about that. If you need wisdom, for anything, we need to pray about that. And if you can't pray at a church, then you're in the wrong church. And if you have any need as a church family, we need to pray about that today. So I'm going to invite you guys all to stand. We're going to close right now. And what I'm going to do, and we're going to close, and I'm going to ask Rhonda if she can go up and play something just softly up there, please. Is we're going to end today a little bit differently, but we can do that because we have gifts and we don't want to waste them. And one of the gifts that God has given us is the ability to pray to him in the name of Jesus. And we don't want to waste that here. So if you have any need, doesn't matter how big or how small, God is big enough. I would love the opportunity to pray with you. And to ask God to be strong on your behalf. If you have a loved one far from God, let's bring that person's name up before the throne of heaven today. If you have a physical need, I'd love to pray with you about that. 
If you have a financial need, well, I'd love to pray and ask God to open doors so that you might be blessed so that you can do what God has called you to do. If you have any needs this morning, I'm going to invite you to take a step of faith and to just come up here to the front and just begin to pray and somebody will come and pray with you. I promise I won't pray a hundred times and keep you here all day. But I would love to pray with you. So your step of faith is to confess that you have a need by coming up here. And our step of faith is to pray for you that God could move on your behalf. So I'm going to invite you. And we're done. If you're not coming up here for prayer, you're welcome to leave if you'd like to leave. But if you have a need, just come up here. Find some space where you can get alone and just begin to bring your need up to the Lord. Just begin to bring your need up to the Lord. God has the answers, not Chris. And I'm just going to come by and David and a few others, and we're just going to agree that God will be strong on your behalf. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>